0: Welcome to The Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chess Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout outs, fun facts, and weekly banner in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back again, uh, Dr. Griffinstein. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I know we wanted to uh, talk about uh, some ladder safety Uh, It is uh, Ladder Safety Month, is that correct, or what's the official title for this? That is
1: correct. This is the fifth year of uh, National Ladder Safety Month, March. Um, It's an entire month dedicated to um, spreading the awareness of ladder safety.
0: So... What exactly, I mean, why, why are we talking about ladder safety? Obviously, I mean, people fall off ladders all the time, but it, why why is CWIS talking about ladder safety?
1: Well, you know, there are, there are a lot of reasons that people come to our um, operating tables with broken, mangled ribs. I think one of the most tragic in, in many cases, in my experience at least, have been folks who were doing something they considered to be relatively innocuous, like climbing a ladder. And several of these folks um, subsequently have never never gotten better. And we, we all have them, people who, who break ribs and we fix them and we do our very best for them. And they uh, they never improve. Or they improve, but only marginally. And, and their lives are, have changed forever. And that's, I think, something that uh, we should maybe be more involved in. Um, I heard about National Ladder Safety Month. I don't remember. It, it came across a, a, an email feed or something. And I, and I looked into it a little bit more and Uh, Our hospital in New Orleans has a a very robust, very effective community outreach program. Um, They're involved in something called Sudden Impact. I don't know if you all are aware of. and that's That's basically a program for educating students, particularly high school students, who are just starting to drive into understanding some of the risks that they might take by doing things like you know, drink, drinking alcohol, not wearing the seatbelt, speeding, driving recklessly, and it's and it's had a dramatic impact. And what they've what they've done is they've sort of brought back to these students the consequences of making these bad decisions. Um, and so knowing and having been involved in that program for years, uh, knowing what what that sort of um, process. Can, can accomplish, seeing folks who have fall off ladders and you know have their lives changed forever, it just seemed a, a very easy thing to marry. And in particular, for a society like ours that's just coming up and looking for ways to have an impact in the world around us, I think this might be a, a really great partnership because no amount of talent, no amount of expertise or special equipment is going to be as effective broadly and longitudinally to people um, than than uh, than prevention. Injury prevention is you know a thousand times more effective. Armies of trauma surgeons and the best trauma centers uh, in the world will never be as impactful as making sure that every car has a seatbelt in it. that works, and that is the kind of thing that injury prevention has shown. Uh, is, uh, uh, you know, so so effective.
0: Makes me feel kind of silly because I don't know anything about the technical aspects of using a ladder and I use a ladder a lot. Uh, and like I was saying earlier, I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've probably done something really stupid with a ladder, because I don't know. so Kind of the way you
2: operate is what I... <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, the, the last thing a surgeon <laughs> typically
1: does with, uh, you know, I care furniture is then read the instructions. We feel that we're intelligent enough that intuitively we could figure things out. But you bring up a great point, which is that everybody assumes they know how to use a ladder, put it up against the thing and climb up and, and go. And in fact, if you look on, so the National Ladder Safety Month was um, a program instituted by the American Ladder Institute, which is a nonprofit made up of um, sponsored by all of the the national ladder manufacturers and and manufacturers of, of ladder components and and again their their interest is in putting out a safe product so that the people who are using it um, are, are are remaining safe and unfortunately there's just only so much attention that they can garner um, and that's at where I think society and 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 um, or rather organizations like ours can really amplify that the message and amplify the the impact because that American Ladder Institute, for example, has a, a ton of instructional manuals, um, modules for you know uh, different safety uh, um, considerations, how to use the various types of ladders, um, and it's just a bunch of information that we all take for granted, uh, and really we shouldn't. Um, and and I think. Like you just pointed out, Mark, I think most people, including the people out there using ladders professionally, are simply unaware that there is a right and wrong way of using these things. And not doing it right can be devastating.
0: brings me to another point, which I don't know if it exists out there, but back in residency we published a lot on equine trauma because I did my residency in Western Massachusetts, so we saw a lot of horse-related injury and rib fractures. Have, are there a lot of published things on, you know, ladder ladder trauma in terms of rib fractures, head injuries, that kind of stuff? I, I haven't seen any literature specific to that, like equine literature. But
2: Yeah, is it geographic? Are there areas of the country that are more prone? Certainly there are occupations that have put you at risk.
1: For sure. And, you know, to speak to that point first, the occupations, if you think about the people using ladders most, are usually the people who are least able to tolerate that kind of injury, the least can afford to skip work because of an injury. Um, you know, in, in our country, um, whether you, you like it or not, a, a large portion of our of our labor force is undocumented. Uh, and it's certainly the, the overwhelming majority of them are either uninsured or underinsured. So you're talking about people who who don't have a lot of paycheck to left over to, to squirrel away, um, who need to work to to put food on the table and then who can't once they fall and even if again a minor injury like a, like a rib fracture we all know how much even those who don't require an operation we know how much how disabling a, a rib fracture can be sometimes well beyond the expected you know a few weeks of, of recovery so it, the impact is just huge among the people who are using it the most as far as what publications that are out there regarding regarding the impact of ladder specifically um, you know you caught me I've, I do need to uh, to look at this a little more carefully I looked at my own institution and our Institute our institution we had about 3,000 falls um, come in as activations um, and, and that's, that's probably a little less than that but um, just a rough um, query uh, in about five years and about two hundred 30 to of them were related to ladders, were, were ladder falls. And six people uh, of those, six died from ladder falls. So it's not a huge number, but there are six preventable deaths right there. The other thing with rib fractures, as is, is we all in CWIS have come to come to realize, most of our frustration, is that rib fractures have largely been more or less ignored uh, in the decades preceding uh, this last one. Um, and so the literature is pretty scarce in terms of uh, really doing a deep dive as far as far as the impact of different injuries on rib fractures, rib fracture patterns, and whether rib fractures uh, contribute significantly to outcomes. You know, not until Eileen Bolger and, and then eventually you know Fred Luchetti and the folks in, uh, in Loyola looked into into this. Were was anybody really interested or doing a whole lot of looking into um, our disease of choice, or, or rather our disease of focus, which is rib fractures. So, I think there's a lot of work to be done, and I'm, I'm hoping that at this upcoming summit we can talk about uh, some of the programs we could, or some of the projects we can collaborate on uh, with regards to, to this specifically.
0: Excellent. Well, well thanks, for, thanks again for uh, coming on and, and sharing that with us. Sarah Ann, you want to... Uh... Move on to the next topic
3: you bet we have a handful of things coming up just to give um some quick updates on tuesday march 16th at 7 p.m cus standard time we have um, virtual resident and fellow uh, reception if you happen to be a resident or fellow or you know a resident or fellow please ask them to sign up um then on wednesday march 24th um at 1 p.m See with standard time, we have, um, our case review series. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, you're definitely going to want to uh, get on the list. We have some great cases, including Dr. Crisco. You are presenting yours, I believe. Correct.
0: I'm gonna get it together. I'm gonna make this happen, Sarah. Hey,
3: okay. this is this is the time. I I hear you know your chariot's a fire moment. You're like, dun, 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 like coming through <laughs> right now um so we're excited about that so those are the the two next things we have rounding out i know um speaking of dr Griffinstein, who's who's obviously on our call today he's working out some great options for us for april and may for our webinar so keep an eye on the website um, we've got some really exciting topics coming up last but not least quick update on the summit i have received a handful of emails about the hotel um the hotel to bu- to book within the block um, and the rates are really good within the block. I will just say, go to the summit webpage and you will find the hotel there. <clears throat> the hotel information, you have to book it through that webpage to get the actual rate. So little little heads up, our actual rate last year at this same property, pre-COVID, um, the per night fee was more than $100 more. Um, but of course, People are struggling to travel and rates have dropped. And so we were able to renegotiate the price. So you are getting the exact same room for more than $100 less um, per night than than you would have paid before, which tells you what a fabulously nice hotel this is and um, that we are getting it for a steal of a deal per night. So you don't wanna miss it. It's gonna be great.
0: I thought I was gonna stay with Sarah Ann for free.
3: Absolutely. I actually am just doing a big kind of hostile situation where anyone that wants to just bring a sleeping bag, because I'm yeah. so friendly, you know, especially in the morning, anybody uh-huh. that wants to just come camp on my floor is totally welcome. I'm never grumpy, especially not in the morning. So yeah, you should definitely <laughs> consider that a good option for you. <laughs> Dr. White, you wanted to say something? <laughs> oh, Either- just, so,
2: you know, it's it's hard for us, uh, myself and Sarah, we're, we're laser focused on the, on the summit. It's just a few weeks away. And there's just a million details uh, to uh, to firm up, but uh, we're on track. We remain excited. The registration numbers have increased since last week. That's good. And uh, we, we've we heard uh, secured more funding from our industry sponsors. Uh, they've, they've really stepped up again this year, which is very gratifying and very helpful. If anybody has any questions or thoughts or concerns about the summit, please reach out and let us know. Um, but please open your emails because there's a lot of information in them, Mark. I will. <laughs> let, let me just a little vignette. You're not the only person who doesn't open them. I, I touched base with an old nurse friend of mine from Nebraska a couple of days ago, and I asked her if she'd been opening our emails, and she was. Oh yeah, I've opened them. And I I didn't I didn't believe her. So we went back, and we actually can tell if you've opened your emails or not. And of of the 38 emails she's received in the last year, she's opened two. So <laughs> uh, you you probably aren't the worst.
0: We got to do our final stitch. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for first in the final stitch. So today's my birthday. Thirty-eight. Oh, wow.
3: What? Yes. Happy, birthday. Hey, happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday. And I was
3: thinking about it because never looked so good.
0: I know, I know, right? Because thirty-eight, that means because this is also the year that I'm gonna be starting practice finally. So thirty-eight, that's when I'm starting. It's an good. interesting birthday for me. Yeah. Sarah, would you like to go?
3: Sure. My final stitch for the week is just to say how excited I am for for this uh, resident resident reception coming up, the last one was just invigorating to see the the next generation coming. You know, they they gave me all this hope and excitement of of future leaders and and really terrific humans that that uh, we will get to work with in the, in the next the next generation as they you know kind of take over and and hopefully they choose to uh, pursue careers that uh, allow them to. Continue down this path, and that we'll get to work with in Siwis. and so I'm excited. I I had a really good time when we got together.
0: Uh, Dr. Griffinstein, would you like to uh, share a final stitch?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll be a little philosophical about it. I um I attended my first crawfish bowl this weekend, first among many I hope uh, social events. Now that I think this COVID thing is starting to begin to wrap up, and and um, and I just made me think about the lowly crawfish. This little cockroach that lives under under the mud <laughs> in the bayous here, and and you know this little creature does something remarkable. You know it brings people together because if you've never been to a crawfish boil, you know they just dump this giant pot of crawfish on a table and everybody has to stand around and eat these things. There's no other way to do it. You just sort of stand there and and you sit there and you and you and as you eat you you have a beer and you talk and, and it's just this this little creature that you know so many people for so so long have sort of discarded as being you know ugly and worthless and and now the 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 people in this region have turned it into a social institution that brings people together so it just made me think about how sometimes the, the, the smallest most insignificant uh, in ways sometimes most undesirable little things in life end up being the things that bring us together so uh, that's, that's what I was thinking about eating. These
0: delicious crawfish on Sunday. God bless
2: the crawfish. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, now, my, Dr. White, my, what do you got? Mine is a bit solemn. Um, I've been, um, I've had thoughts all week of a dear friend and colleague who took his own life uh, a week ago. Uh, many, many, many will know Dr. Joe Stothard from the University of Nebraska. He was a, an iconic figure and um, a mentor and teacher. And colleague and friend for many, and a a savior for many, many, many trauma patients over the years, and was instrumental in developing and maturing the state uh, trauma program in Nebraska. And I had the pleasure of working with him uh, a decade and a half ago for a few years as a uh, as another as in the leadership for the trauma programs in Nebraska. But he. He was a he was a one of a kind kind of guy. He was no nonsense, wicked smart, uh, highly opinionated, but um, giant heart. And uh, my I'm just my thoughts and prayers are to his family and to my dear friends in, in Nebraska, doctors Holloway, doctors doctors Hughes, um, doctor Bauman, uh, so many uh, fellow colleagues who were who were influenced profoundly by Dr. Joe Stothert. Uh, uh, rest in peace. Thank you
3: for sharing. I'm sorry for yeah. your
0: loss. That's a tough one.
3: It is a tough Sounds one. Sounds like everybody lost. Indeed.
0: It was uh, it was great to see you guys this uh, <clears throat> week, and I look forward to the next one. Likewise. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! Thanks.